A withered and limping old man is led to the podium in the middle of the large courtroom. A crowd of bishops and cardinals, all dressed in their glossy rich robes, seem to stare down at him. He wonders if he even has one ally in this trial. His knees knock together as he climbs into the podium. The Pope stands next to him in the judge's chair. His right hand clenches a wooden gavel, with the left, decorated with gold rings, lying idly by on the desk. For a moment, there is reverent silence, and the man remembers that his trial is taking place in the Church of Rome. Galileo, the Pope's voice thunders into the courtroom. You are on trial for suspicion of heresy. You've been caught publishing and teaching works on Copernicus and his lies, though you were warned not to. Do you deny any of this? No. Galileo's voice is strained from years of work and exhaustion. He feels lightheaded and leans onto the podium for support. Will you explain to these men of God why you published work that goes against the Bible? Galileo begins wondering himself why he published his book, Dialogue Concerning the Two Chief Systems of the World, Ptolemaic and Copernican. It was a summary of his years of work looking through telescopes that he built, marveling at the moon surrounding Jupiter, trying to map their very movements. His thoughts finally bring him back to why he published the book that would put him on trial, and he inhales, gathering what strength he has to face his jury. I publish my book because it is the truth. It is the truth of what I had observed and what I had measured. Have someone, any one of these cardinals or bishops, try my methods and see if they come to the same conclusions. Galileo holds out his hands and pleas for sympathy, but none of the jury bat an eye. That is enough, the Pope says. You have damned yourself, and you will be placed under house arrest for the rest of your life, living in Florence. Your book will never be published again, and you will be silenced. Brains of the people are more interesting than the looks, I think. Electric power is everywhere present in a limited quantity. Jane, if you really want something, and you work hard, and you take advantage of opportunity, and you never give up. You're listening to Human Angle, a podcast that investigates the hidden lives of scientists, asking what makes them human. I'm your co-host, Jackie Wakefield, and I'm here with my other lovely co-host, Kenna Castlebury. Thanks, Jackie. You're and welcome. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to our show. We've had over 150 plays on our podcast and are glad to know people are enjoying these episodes. If you like today's show, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Yeah, and today we will be investigating the life and work of famous astronomer Galileo Galilei. And no, that's not a mistake. <laughs> that is indeed his name. Is it Galilei? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How you pronounce it? <laughs> we will be discussing his early life. Maybe we will touch on that awful name, <laughs> his famous experiments and why they're important, later trial and arguments with the Catholic Church, as well as his impacts on science today. Ooh, sounds like a lot. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's go. Let's go. So let's start February 15th, day after Valentine's Day. Mm. Interesting. Valentine's Day is on the mind. I'm Indeed. single. <laughs> 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 Woo. It's like my first Valentine's Day. I've been single in ages. Anyways, um, so 15th. Let's God, Sorry. that came out so sad. <laughs> Pity me. <laughs> I will accept our CDs for you know what? You, partners. You can date Galileo. That's what you can do. Oh, he has such a weird name. He Galileo Galilei. <laughs> anyway, so February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, 1564, Galileo is born to Vincenzo Galilei, a talented musician. 
Vincenzo. <laughs> Are you going to say that every time you say his name? His name is so brilliant. Okay. Vincenzo. All right, go for it. <laughs> Enjoyed joining mathematical theory with musical theory, a practice that Galileo would later use in his own science. Be cool if I, I could imagine like Galileo with his telescope looking at planets being like, it's planets, astronomy, oh my gosh, going around the sun. Oh, that'd no. be sick. That would be, be really an absolute fun. banger. So in 1574, Galileo and his family moved to Florence and he attends the monastery of Vallambrosa. Interesting. I guess monastery, monasteries kind of were replacing, like, yeah, replacement yeah, yeah. for schools, right? Yeah, because religion was taking over education at this stage. Yay. Who needs secularism? True. Oh, someone wants to come in. Oh, well. Uh, So in 1581, Galileo started his studies at the University of Pisa. He had a reputation for contradicting his professors. Little shit. Um, And during this time, science was taught as philosophy rather than as a method. A la Plato and Aristotle, Mm, I'm guessing. Indeed. A la the old Greek men. Professors and teachers used the ancient Greek philosophers, such as, oh, there we go, Aristotle and Plato, to describe scientific processes. Galileo grew up during the time of the scientific re- revolution, so this mm. was just as like the scientific method was starting to take place yeah, yeah. and take hold. So he was kind of just at the beginning. Yeah, the beginning yeah. of that. The precipice, Indeed. if you will. So Galileo first began doubting the old philosophies during his philosophers during his university studies. Aristotle had previously believed that things fell at speeds proportionate to their sizes. So something bigger, so let's say me would fall faster than a cat <laughs> fair enough i'm bigger than a cat for anyone listening <laughs> just so you know no i've been having this whole conversation with a cat <laughs> just a human a cat-sized human indeed <laughs> i'm a literal baby I, I mean my personality is so that's kind of a fair call yeah. so galileo doubted this as he'd seen two different size hailstones strike the earth at the same time when he was a child once again it's not a great observation because, but, like, the hailstones could have fallen at different times. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but... But, like, I mean, he's, he was right in the end. Yeah. Um, so since observation was not used as a method in science, he couldn't actually go against the theory until much later. So Galileo became interested in mathematics after reading a book by famous mathematician Euclid. Great name. Great name. You it's me, Euclid. Um Vincenzo. <laughs> see see that name so much is in a name. Like you got oh I'm I'm Euclid and then you've got I am Vincenzo. Like God like, I one is have, sexy and one is nerdy. Literally, like I would have so much power if I had like a really sexy name. Like imagine that. <laughs> I'd love to see with the name Euclid. What would it's, you do with Hi, I'm Euclid. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a guy with big glasses and like yeah, high waisted literally, pants. Literally. <laughs> um whereas Vincenzo, he's like ripped and tan Right, he's got like that like, V neck shirt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I can see it now. Um so Vincenzo uh wanted Galileo to pursue a medical degree not a maths degree but Galileo ignored this uh, oh. and instead studied maths what a rebel mm? it's like nowadays you've got people being like no mom and dad I don't want to study maths I want to be an actor and that's I <laughs> guess like, maths no. was the acting of that day right? <laughs> true um you'll never make it in maths <laughs> there's no money you? in maths no nope. <laughs> 
just be teaching maths. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, he left the University of Pisa without a degree because he ran out of funds. Oh, poor guy. Devo. <laughs> maths clearly didn't make it. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. In 1582 to 1586, Galileo started tutoring with students privately without a degree. Woo. Responsible. During this time, Vincenzo finds a mathematical law that contradicts musical theories about the length and tensions of strings on musical instruments. Galileo's own mathematical abilities were also starting to gain fame within various Florentine literary circles. Mm. I wish I could gain fame in literary circles. Write a book. <laughs> You'll get there. Why? That's, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> I just want them to be like, oh yeah, she seems like she, seems like she oh, knows that, what's going on. That Jacqueline Wakefield. Yeah, she gets her. it. She gets it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I just want to be like a high society woman who travels around and everyone loves. And you never have to pay for anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Because okay. everything I get is for free. I love it. For some reason. Like, influencer a- kind of vibe. Yep. But I don't have to do posts on social media. Okay. All right. Because screw that. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, so Galileo is pretty much an Instagram influencer, is what we've learned from this. Yes, he is. Um, so in 1588, Galileo is asked by these literary circles to explain the location, size, and arrangement of hell, as described by Dante's Inferno. I can imagine that would be a challenging task. I feel like that'd be really fun at the same time, though. It, yeah, fun, but like also impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Dante seemed to skillfully incorporate science into his epic poem, and Galileo was able to show this in his presentation, which is cool. So in 1589, uh, Galileo publishes a paper on the centre of gravity in solids and is awarded a position as lecturer at the University of Pisa. This position was poorly paid, as most academic positions are, but it's because the study of maths was regarded as minor importance. So it's like acting. Yeah, it actually is acting. <laughs> it's the acting of the academic world. I love it. Um, during his appointment at Pisa, there's a tale that Galileo's famous about Galileo's famous theory that two objects fall at the same rate, as we discussed before. So Galileo didn't believe Aristotle's early theory that they fall at different rates. So he went about observing this. A protege after Galileo's death told the story that Galileo performed a demonstration in the presence of students and other professors, causing two different objects to fall from the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, Two different objects of different size. They, of course, hit the ground at the same time, disproving Aristotle's earlier theory. But we're not actually sure if this took place. This is all hearsay. That would be kind of cool, though. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, going up Pisa would be cool. <laughs> Full stop. Seriously. <laughs> Let alone, like, dropping big items off of it. True. So in 1592, Galileo finished his teaching appointment at the University of Pisa and was appointed the chair of maths at the University of Padua. Galileo uh, remained at the University of Padua until 1610 and did most of his experiments there. Fair enough. Yeah, sounds like a nice place, I guess. Yeah. Got probably got paid better. In 1595, Galileo began his interest in astronomy, which earlier he hadn't shown much interest for. He found a mechanical explanation of the tides by using Copernicus's theory. However, he kept his ideas to themselves as they did support Copernicus, who was like a bit controversial. Mm. But in finding this theory, he did become more interested in the practice of astronomy. Sorry. So let's chat. <laughs> let's chat about why the Catholic Church hated the Copernican theory so much. Copernicus was a devoted member of the Catholic Church, as 
so many are yeah so many are huh. i mean it's italy in like the 1500s so like literally everyone was <laughs> right and originally the catholic church accepted his theory that the earth revolved around the sun so it was him who had that theory first i think galileo yeah. is always credited with that for some reason i mean maybe but he defo is i was gonna say copernicus is really well known for the whole yeah but like i mean like when you talk about galileo like people are like oh he's the one that like realized oh maybe he like further proved it yeah he did but like you always think of galileo i don't know i i know i do so the astronomer published uh de revolutionibus cool Mm -hmm. i try my best (laughs) but in march 1543 after more than a decade of revisions heck that's a long time whoa so the book included a letter to pope paul iii arguing the legitimacy of the heliocentric so sun is in the center theory the protestants were the first to reject his theories and eventually the catholic church also began refuting copernicus his book was banned in 1616 during galileo's time and it continued to be banned and even burned Yay, Catholics! <laughs> Until 1835. That's, well, that's really ages. late. Yeah. That's really late. The Protestant churches accepted Copernicus's findings after more evidence emerged to support it. The Catholic Church, however, woo, remained ground in its anti-Copernican beliefs until the 19th century. This anti-Copernicanism was only heightened after astronomer Giordano Bruno was executed at the stake. Ouch. I love the church for supporting Copernicus, but also believing in a cult and other heresy. I mean, like, they say that, but, like, they could have said he was the, like, Copernicus was the occult, so who knows? I was going to say, you never know. It's very biased. You never know. So in 1597, Galileo is given a book by famed astronomer Johann Kepler. Kepler was a supporter of Copernican beliefs as well, and Galileo admitted to Kepler that he also supported the theories. Kepler's book would later help Galileo with some of his astronomical observations oh cool and then it gets exciting in 1600 galileo meets a venetian woman marina gamba the couple never get married but she did bear him daughters and sons between 1600 and 1606 but there's not really much about whether they hung out much or whether he just impregnated her and left (laughs) i love how your voice got all sexy and then it's like oh wait never mind (laughs) abandoning your wife and children (laughs) well she is wife though i mean (laughs) partner and children (laughs) yeah the bearer of your offspring yeah Mm. goodbye yeah seriously ouch not not my problem says galileo seriously i guess in those days it wasn't but newsflash you're Clearly awful he loves women <laughs> oh yeah mm. loves especially marina yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they seem tight in 1602 galileo begins working on pendulums he finds that he can use pendulums to produce more accurate clocks it's a bit of a left <laughs> oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna do space or now i'm gonna do clocks maybe he got bored of space <laughs> yeah space is boring i'm gonna work on clocks Clocks are so much more interesting. <laughs> Do you say it with that every time? Clocks. Clocks. <laughs> Him and Eunuch or whatever his name is. Euclid. <laughs> Him and Euclid working on their clocks. <laughs> I love that you call him a eunuch. That's so Oopsies. funny. He probably was. Word association. Word association. <laughs> Alrighty. So in 1604, Galileo continues his experiments on how objects fall, and he publishes his work, which he calls the Theory of Uniform Acceleration. Mm. Very fancy. In this paper, Galileo argues that all objects will fall at the same rate, regardless of size, without friction. Nice. Nice. He also, in this paper, shows how a ball thrown in the air throws or follows a parabolic path, which is kind of cool. 
Both of these ideas, of course, we kind of take for granted now. Well, we still learn that in maths today. Or physics. Ah, So fun. But we wouldn't learn those if it wasn't for Sir Isaac Newton building on Galileo's theory. God damn it, Newton. Good job. Forcing me to sit through that class. Good, good man. Not really. So Galileo starts having conversations with several cardinals during this time, including a guy named Bellarmine, who sentenced Giordano Bruno to death by burning at the stake for heresy for promoting Copernicus's ideas. So, kind of a a backstabber, I guess? A (laughs) A piece of shit, you could say? (laughs) (laughs) One who murders people? (laughs) So, Bellarmine continued to keep his eyes on Galileo, and Galileo, of course, is watched by the church very, very closely. Mm. Galileo, of course, supports the Catholic Church throughout his whole life, but believed that science should be separate from the church. And he's quoted in 1615 saying, the Bible tells us how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I approve of that thing. Yeah, that's a cool line. Yeah. So it is at Galileo at Galileo's later trial that we will discuss that really starts the debate of science versus religion, which is such a good time. Oh, yeah. So from 1606 to 1608, Galileo continues working on how objects move down slopes and in the air. So... He's done with clocks. <laughs> it was a, a, a quick foray into maybe, clocks. Maybe it was like his midlife crisis. You know, yeah. instead of like getting a Porsche, he's just like, I'm going to go work on clocks. <laughs> it's clocks. So in 1609, Galileo invents a powerful telescope. And any experiment in astronomy required careful measurement and observation. And Galileo was one of the first to utilize observation to collect data and make theories, even before the scientific method was established. He used his background in mathematics to promote careful measurements in his observations, which helped him publish his results later. And of course, like as we mentioned earlier, the scientific method is just getting started because of the scientific revolution. So it's kind of cool that Galileo's like the one that starts that with the whole telescope measurements thing. Mm. So good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. He did realize, though, that the telescope would be groundbreaking in the field of astronomy and knew that he would have to invent a telescope for himself. So he reasoned I wish that I could just do that. Like, oh, this would be cool. I'm just going to invent it. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I need this. So I guess I'll just go make one. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. a vibe. That's a vibe. Crazy. I want that. It's yeah. like the whole Iron Man thing. Like, I'll just go make whatever I want. God, yeah. Uh, I wish I was smart. <laughs> same. Seriously. <laughs> so Galileo did reason that basic telescopes would not be powerful enough for his observations. So he current like he got everything together and developed a telescope that was as powerful as our current binoculars. So decently powerful, but not super powerful. He did present this telescope to the University of Padua and was offered life tenure as a professor and a salary doubled. So Woo! good for him. Yeah, he made it work as a maths. the one mathematician that's what they're called (laughs) the one actor that like gets an award he's he's the jennifer aniston of the uh of the mathematics world (laughs) so we are pretty much just describing friends yeah exactly 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 (laughs) so galileo was still not satisfied satisfied that his binocular instrument power was not powerful enough so he obtained glass blanks from florence secretly so his rivals wouldn't know of his design and he ground all these blanks up into lenses And then by the end of 1609, he had a 20 power telescope, which he used to observe the moon on nights when it wasn't cloudy. And he found that there were craters and mountains on the moon's surface, which disproved earlier philosophers who claimed that the moon's surface had to have been perfectly spherical. So good on you, man. In 1610, using his new powerful telescope, Galileo discovered four moons orbiting Jupiter, and he published his discoveries in his own journal titled Starry Messenger, which he dedicated to the Grand Duke Cosimo of Italy cool cool guy. nice cosimo of course you know dedicated to somebody rich and famous yeah isn't that good 
Um, I want to be the rich and famous person. <laughs> dedicate things to me. God cool. Damn it. I'll do my best, Jackie. Please. This podcast is dedicated <gasps> to <laughs> Jacqueline Wakefields. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so yeah, Galileo <laughs> dedicated this this journal to this duke, and Galileo's. It's so cute. Mm. I think actually, like maybe he was trying to get money, but maybe he was trying to get in. Cosimo's pants. I was gonna say he's not gonna get any children. He's trying to get in his pants. Maybe that's why Good things times. didn't work out with old mate Marina. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go dedicate this to somebody way yeah. better and richer. And it's, also, it's called Starry Messenger. Like, that's mm. such a romantic title. Mm. Maybe God, he's the Starry Messenger. Why someone to, like, write a song about me or something? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Good luck, Jackie. Thanks. It's my quest now. So, if any fans want to write... A song for Jackie. Please, please go for it. Please. <laughs> All right. So Galileo's publications created a lot of excitement among the public, while the philosophers and astronomers really thought that Galileo was a fraud because he was the only one with this telescope and he was just publishing all these weird results. Kepler was one of the few people that did support Galileo's ideas, and Kepler, Kepler later used a telescope created by Galileo to validate Galileo's own fi- findings, which is helpful. Cool. So various other astronomers and priests denounced Galileo's claims in books and in print on the basis that they went against previous astronomy and philosophy, and Galileo didn't reply to these responses. Support was later gained in 1610 when Jesuit astronomers in Rome finally used a powerful enough telescope to confirm Galileo's findings. So he did get vindicated in the end. Yay! In 1611, Galileo visits Rome to demonstrate his own telescope, and in 1613, after being so warmly accepted at Rome, Galileo writes three letters to formally take his position on the heliocentric theory of the universe, which is what Copernicus believes. Oh no, this is where it goes. Yeah, it's gonna... The tea, the tea is stirring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his, his, let's guy, let's spill so it. So Galileo's main reason for believing Kepler and Copernicus were his observations of sunspots moving around the sun. And Galileo also observed and wrote various letters on these sunspots, showing that something had to be in front of the sun in order to give it a spot. Therefore, the sun had to be in the middle of the universe, as or the solar system, as Copernicus had already talked mm. about. So from 1613 to 1616... Rome and Galileo spent three long years in conflict. Rome, all of Rome. Just all of Rome. All, all the Rome's people. A, we don't How like you. dare you? <laughs> so, yes, they spent three long years in conflict. Oh, dear. Because Galileo chose to write his letters in Latin or in Italian, they were enjoyed by a larger audience than the religious and scientific communities, and the Aristotelian scholars saw the attacks on Aristotelian philosophy to be attacks upon themselves. Ah. So these scholars all united against Galileo, and the church was swayed by these scholars and declared that Galileo was contradicting scripture. Don't you love that? Don't you love when people just take things super personally and they're like, hey, you're not agreeing with us. Well, must be wrong. And like, they're telling him he goes against the Bible, but like, he didn't even mention the Bible. I know. It's a classic. It's like, have you seen that interview, um, like Monty Python's life of brian yes where they're with like the priests Mm. and they're like this goes against the bible and they're like we didn't like do any of that and they're like yeah "Yeah, like you should talk jesus and they're like jesus isn't even mentioned yeah and the priest was like and then it was revealed the priest didn't even watch the movie (laughs) i saw that i thought that was really funny actually yeah it's so funny so galileo's in a similar position as far as just you know 
being accused of something he didn't do. Tut. Yay. <laughs> Love so, that. So he didn't want to turn science and religion against each other, but merely separate biblical belief from scientific observation, as we already talked about. According to the Catholic Church, no contradiction of the Holy Scripture could be permitted in science. There seemed to be few contradictions between astronomy and the Bible, as the Bible didn't really give that much detail about astronomy. So a lot of astronomers were pretty safe when it came to the church. Additionally, biblical interpretation was just that, interpretation, and any contradictions against the Bible were a matter of opinion. Yay. Mm. The philosophers who fought against Galileo could not refute Galileo's claims as they were based off observation and not philosophy. So between 1605 and 1644, as we talked about, the science revolution spread and books appeared in England, France, and Italy, which disproved Aristotelian philosophy and science. The writers of these books were Sir Francis Bacon, Galileo, and Descartes. And though these men never met, they all agreed that previous philosophy did not make for good science, and that science really had to be based off of observation, not merely philosophy. Yeah. And separated take from the that. Bible. Take, so Take that, Catholic Church. Woo, woo. And whatever, Boniface or whatever his name is. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Yeah. Take that. All right. On March 5th, 1616, the Catholic Church formally declared the writings of Galileo to be banned and warns Galileo not to hold or defend his doctrines so he cannot teach his own theories big meanies he returns to Florence defeated but from 1616 to 1630 Galileo's a naughty boy. <laughs> oh, dear. And that he works on his He's a naughty, book. naughty boy. <laughs> he works on this book in Florence, even though he's not what supposed to. What dirty doggo. He titles the book, Dialogue Concerning the Two Chief Systems of the World, Ptolemaic and Copernican. And the dialogue of his book is written in the form of a pupil-master conversation broken down into a period of four days, where each day is like a part of the book, mm. and each day covers a different topic. Cool. So Galileo pretty much is doing like his whole dissertation in this book where he's finding all his previous research, summing it all up and putting it into perspective. So he focuses on previous theories by Aristotle. He's talking about the Earth's rotation, the Copernican system and Kepler's work. And in presenting Copernicus's theories, Galileo did seem to oversimplify astronomy a bit, but he was using that to try to tell people how astronomy worked. And in fact, Galileo tried to use Copernicus's theories not to explain how they worked in general, but to explain his own theories on tidal motion, which is kind of interesting. Instead today, scholars argue that Galileo's book is more of a textbook on astronomy. Mm. So, in 1624, Galileo, after working on his book, (laughs) like just a little nasty boy, (laughs) he travels to Rome again, hoping to appeal the 1616 degree which banned his work so he can publish his book. The Pope doesn't repeal the degree, but he does allow Galileo to write on both sides of the issue, non-biased and equally supportive. But like, that's not being non-biased. By being equally supportive, that's not actually being non-biased. Being non-biased is presenting the evidence as it is. Anyways, let's continue on. (laughs) Galileo realizes this is the only way his work's going to get published, so he has to accept it. Mm. In 1632, he does end up publishing his book, The Dialogue, even though it was almost impossible to obtain a publishing license for it. It was licensed to be published in Rome and Florence, though an outbreak of the plague delayed copies from being sent to Rome. 
The Maybe plague. it was a sign. <laughs> that darn <The> plague. plague. <laughs> God damn it. All oh, those fleas and rats. So inconvenient. I know, right? I just <laughs> want to publish my book, but everyone's dying. God oh, damn. Seriously, guys? Stop <laughs> dying on me. <laughs> so in August of that same year, an order came from the Roman Inquisition to stop all sales, and Galileo was called to stand trial. Ooh. Oh, shit. Drama. <laughs> the Pope, infuriated at the content of Galileo's book placed him on trial for one thing after another after another. I'm pirate, but not liking this guy. He's not my fave, mm, to be honest. Not the best pirate. He's he's not working with me. Yeah, he's not. He's not working with me. <laughs> he's not, not working, working with, with me. me. He's not working with Galileo. He's just not uh, working with anyone. Come on, man, be more clearly, collaborative. Clearly, he's not a team player. No, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so in 1633, Galileo is eventually placed on trial at his old age and is forced to make the journey to Rome from Florence. He is under suspicion of, quote, venomous suspicion of heresy, end quote, but is convicted of holding and teaching the Copernican belief. Yay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> he is placed under house arrest for eight years until his death. And in order not to damage the reputation of the church and the Roman Inquisition and the Pope. We wouldn't want that. Oh, dear. Galileo acknowledged in writing that he had reread his book and found areas where he had gone too far. And he pleaded that he did not mean any malicious intent for these claims. So he pretty much just had to backtrack everything. Good, good, good. Ta, ta, ta. So nice. <laughs> so in 1634, Galileo suffered a serious hernia and tried to see doctors in Florence, but was denied as it went against his house arrest. He can't even get medical treatment. Tight. <laughs> this Pope is classic. Not my fave. No, okay. he's a big meanie. Mm. So Galileo continued writing and eventually published another book, Dialogue Concerning Two New Scientists or Sciences, a work about the principles of mechanics. The publisher was extremely hard to find as the Jesuits were silencing Galileo's work all over the Holy Roman Empire. Oh God. That's like so much effort to just like Yeah. Ugh. That's crazy. God, government control, isn't that nice? Mm, censorship. Mm-hmm. The new book actually, though, gained celebrity because it was banned by the Catholic yes, Church. Yes, suck it. <laughs> suck it. The people will rise. <laughs> so in 1638, Galileo makes the discovery, months before he went completely blind, that the moon wobbles monthly on its axis, called liberations. But unfortunately, he did go blind. Oh, no. <laughs> and the loss of sight was really bad for him because not only could he re- not read or write, but because his whole life. yeah he had had sight his whole life and he used it to make astronomical observations yeah like his whole meaning of life which would be like yeah mm. reading writing and you'd like observing need, stuff yeah i was gonna say by then you'd need somebody to feed you you know like make yeah. sure you go to the bathroom okay being blind like, in those days would not have been fun seriously so and on january 8th 1642 galileo dies from a long-term illness one cardinal wrote after galileo's death Today, news has come of the loss of Signor Galilei, which touches not just Florence, but the whole world, and our whole century from which this divine man has received more splendor than from almost all other ordinary philosophers. What a little hypocrite. Seriously, if we have learned anything from this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Catholic Church sucks. (laughs) Galileo deserves more credit. Mm. Yes. So. Although, not to say Catholics suck, I'm just saying the church as an organization sucks. Yes. They need, to, you. they need to fix some stuff. <laughs> they need to chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, uh, based on recent news, they haven't they haven't fixed their shit. Let's just, let's just, they have not gotten that we'll, much better since we'll, the 1600s. We'll leave it there. But yes. We'll leave it there. At least less burning of people. There's less burning at the stake. That, There's more figurative burning at yeah, the stake, though. Yeah, but yeah. Good times. Moving on. <laughs> anyway. What are we doing next week? Or next uh, time? Do you want to do uh, the bug guy? We're doing bugs. <laughs> okay. Bugs. We will talk about... Justin Schmidt. 
and bugs. And bugs.